Pride Month is a time to celebrate the various identities that make up our wonderful and diverse community. It is also a time to reflect on and honor the powerful contributions of those who've come before us. We stand on the shoulders of giants. James Baldwin, Larry Kramer, Bayard Rustin, Sylvia Rivera, and Marsha P. Johnson. To them and countless other trailblazers, we are humbly indebted and forever grateful. If you'd like more information on the movement or recommendations on how you can help, go to blacklivesmatter.com partners. In these dark and difficult times, we hope that this episode brings you a little bit of joy and light. Welcome to this special Pride Month episode of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Will. Audiobook narrator Kirk Graves has given voice to some of the most beloved characters in the most popular stories of our genre. In this Pride Month bonus episode, we'll be talking about his collaboration with author Jay Bell. Kurt, welcome back to our Pride Festival. Thank you. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. I'm excited to, to get to have some more fun with Pride. So what have you picked the second time out? I already know what this is, and I'm super excited about it. <laughs> so this time, I am going to be sharing with you a clip from Kamikaze Boys by Jay Bell. And my guess is this book has not come out yet because books in the Amazon pipeline have been taking like two to three months to come out. So let's assume it's not out yet and be pleasantly surprised if it is. Kamikaze Boys is a standalone YA novel from Jay Bell. I got to work with him last year doing Straight Boy, which I absolutely loved and gushed about in a ton of different places. And I did a reading at GRL of Straight Boy. I loved doing that book. I love doing gay YA. I love all of that genre. I want there to be more of it. And so I was really excited when Jay approached me about doing this other book, which he had previously released, but uh, in 2019, he re-released it, uh, gave it a new cover art and a new edit. And so now I'm, I'm doing the audio of that right now. It is currently being worked on. And Kamikaze Boys, like Straight Boy, tells the story of two teenagers. Unlike in Straight Boy, there isn't as much of a question as to whether or not the boys in question will end up being a couple. So in this book, we find out pretty early that both of the boys do identify as gay. And the rest of the book is not only their story of their relationship, but it's also the two of them dealing with, I don't want to say super heavy teenage things, but you know, certainly for teenagers, it's a lot to have to deal with. And so it's the two of them working together to navigate through just some circumstances that in the greater scheme of life, you know, how we can kind of look back at our high school days and be like, well, maybe we made a big thing out of that for them. They are in it. And it's a lot to have to to work with. And and just like with Straight Boy, I love the two characters, David and Connor, that Jay has written. And I just heard their voices as soon as I read the book. And it's... It's a lot of fun. It's gay YA. It's great because it's gay YA. <laughs> what are we going to hear in this excerpt that we've got? So this is from the very first chapter. It is the two of them meeting. It is a scene happening in the parking lot of the high school. They are both students. And David, who is the character who is, it's kind of his point of view for this chapter, is being confronted by a bully. And Connor steps in to help him. 
David wavered in the entrance to his school, uncertain what to do, until one of the students swarming around him hissed that he should move and shoved him from behind. David stumbled out into a mild Kansas afternoon, the kind he used to love when he was a kid. Too distracted to notice who had jostled him, he looked instead at the slowly emptying parking lot to see if Chuck had left yet. Of course not. Beady eyes were already locked onto his. Even if David re-entered the school, they would know they had him on the run, and they would give chase. Chuck wasn't the most popular guy in school, but he had more status than David did. For one thing, he had friends, plural, a pair flanking him now and hungry for a show. Their lanky frames only made Chuck appear more toadish, like a frog squatting between two dandelions, or like a fat troll, which was exactly the description that had landed David in this mess. These foolishly courageous words escaped his lips in the middle of fourth period math. David's head had been bowed, as always, while he covertly read a fantasy novel hidden behind his precalculus book. He'd been nearing the end of a chapter when Chuck reached over and grabbed the novel, taking one look at the cover before tossing it to the floor. Faggot, Chuck had muttered, and not for the first time. David's face burned when he reached down to pick up the book. On the front was a picture of a long-haired man clutching at a white horse. He had known the stupid cover with its lavender swirls would attract attention. David liked the book anyway, and the art too, if he was honest but it infuriated him that he couldn't even read without becoming a target. So angry, in fact, that he hadn't considered the consequences of the words he spoke next. Fat troll. Chuck had smirked, David's bravery swiftly replaced by fear, because he knew there would be a price to pay after school. Sure enough, Chuck was glaring at him now, or squinting like he always seemed to. Maybe he needed glasses but refused to get them, not wanting to be associated with the type of people he enjoyed picking on. He didn't look so tough at first glance. Chuck was pudgy with short brown hair and a swath of freckles across the bridge of his nose. His smiling yearbook photo made him resemble a chubby-cheeked cherub. He wasn't, though. As Chuck leaned against his glistening SUV, he appeared more stocky than fat. It didn't matter how out of shape he was. With size came strength. Taking him on would be like getting into the boxing ring with an ogre. Not that David intended to fight. God only knew what he would do besides whimper as they pummeled him. He could run. They would laugh and pursue, but David would have a head start. He glanced to his left and saw another of Chuck's friends, the one with the long, grungy hair, hovering by the corner of the building while seeming to search for something. So that's how they had found him yesterday. Was picking on him really worth all the effort? That escape route was blocked regardless. The right led towards a sports field next to the school, which would be dangerously deserted by now. They probably had a lookout posted in that direction, too. So David kept moving forward, hoping to find some other opportunity to escape. Chuck wasn't taking any chances today. He stepped into the center of the lane to continue watching him. David had hoped to use a group of students as camouflage and hide behind them until he could duck between rows of parked cars. He would squat-walk his way to freedom. But no, he had waited too long. There weren't as many people in the parking lot now and hardly any vehicles to shield him from sight. 
Unsure what else to do, David kept moving forward, unable to shake the feeling that he was walking into the open mouth of a shark. There were still witnesses around. Maybe that would be enough to discourage anything bad from happening. No such luck. Chuck was finished playing games and moved to intercept him. Hey, faggot, you and I need to talk. David's voice came out as a rusty squeak. Why? You owe me an apology. Chuck cracked his knuckles meaningfully. The other guys chuckled, their eager expressions devoid of sympathy. A car honked from behind. David flinched and moved out of the lane, bringing him closer to Chuck's SUV. Bad decision. He should have gone back into the school and pleaded with a teacher to drive him home. That would have made him feel even more pathetic than yesterday, but at least he would have been safe. Now it was too late. Chuck and his friends circled, using the SUV to wall him in completely. David turned his back to it, not daring to take his eyes off his adversaries. His favorite kind of heroes were those who relied on smarts instead of strength. Doctor Who, Sherlock Holmes, Captain Janeway. Perhaps he could draw inspiration from them and talk his way out of this. Listen, I shouldn't have called you a troll. I was just... Chuck shoved him. David was right. Someone who weighed that much had a lot of force at their disposal. He stumbled backward, arms pinwheeling, but his backpack threw him further off balance and he fell. David's butt hit the pavement, the backpack scraping along the plastic grill of Chuck's SUV. He doubted the soft fabric did any real damage. Even so, Chuck only had himself to blame, but fairness didn't count in situations like these. The guy surrounding him sucked in air between their teeth. They knew what was coming. David did, too. Get away from my car, faggot, Chuck snarled. Sorry, David said as he regained his feet. I didn't mean to. I said get away. Chuck moved forward, fists balled. David braced himself for the inevitable. What's going on, Marshmallow? An arm wrapped around Chuck's neck, pulling him down as if he weighed nothing before subjecting him to a noogie. What are you up to? The newcomer said. Causing trouble again? Can I help? Get off me! Chuck pulled away and turned, scowling, to see who he was dealing with. Connor Williams, an even bigger monster than Chuck, both figuratively and literally. Although not necessarily in regards to height. Connor had the beefy build of a college guy, probably because that's how old he was if the rumors were true. But for now, he was still stuck in high school, a perpetual senior who never managed to graduate. His green eyes sparkled with amusement as he playfully shoved Chuck, the sun making his buzzed blonde hair glow like he was some sort of deranged sun god. David couldn't remember seeing Chuck and Connor together before, but it wasn't hard to imagine them as friends. He didn't care how well they knew each other, because no matter what, the situation had gone from bad to unbearably worse. Fuck off, Williams, Chuck mumbled, keeping his eyes down while glaring at the asphalt. His friends, whom Connor hadn't even acknowledged, shifted uncomfortably. David didn't blame them. Connor Williams was a psychopath, and everyone knew it. That made him unpredictable. Connor might laugh and wander off, 
or he could be seconds away from killing them all. The black eye and a few bruises didn't sound so bad by comparison. What's going on? David realized that Connor was addressing him, and felt the blood drain from his face. He opened his mouth to speak, but nothing came out. This asshole, Chuck said, having recovered, just threw himself at my car. Connor raised an eyebrow. Weird. To me it looked like you pushed him. As if to demonstrate, Connor shoved Chuck again. This time he didn't seem to be holding back. Chuck stumbled, but managed to stay standing. He's a fag, he said, as if this justified his actions. Connor might think it did. If one word could turn other people against him, that was it. The slur had accompanied David for most of his teenage life. By junior high, everyone seemed to have figured it out, even before he had. Connor looked at David. Really? Then he cocked his head, flashed a crazed grin, and turned back to Chuck. Funny, because I'm a fag too. And thank you so much for sharing that. I can't wait to get the whole book. <laughs> My pleasure. So you've gotten to voice numerous characters now in the LGBTQ spectrum, from YA to you know, werewolves <laughs> and so many things in between. What does it mean to you to get to voice so many LGBTQ characters? It's the highlight of my life. I mean, it's the greatest thing I've ever gotten to do. And not only, you know, just getting to be an audiobook narrator, which is a tremendous privilege, but it's getting to tell stories that I wish I had had when I was younger. And when I say younger, I, I do mean like high school age. Like I do wish there had been more gay YA when I was younger. But I also mean like when I was in my early 20s and 30s to see some more representation and to see the the breadth of stories that are being told with LGBT characters as the protagonists. It's a joy. I get to go to work every day and exist in uh, a world where it doesn't matter if the person experiencing you know, the, the ups and downs of the story is gay or not. It's a, it's a tremendous privilege. And I've gotten to build a career on that, and I've gotten known by you know, casting agents and authors as somebody who not only does LGBT fiction, but like craves it and wants to do more and is excited about it. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, it's not that it's the only thing I want to do, but if it ends up being the only thing I ever do, I'd be perfectly happy because there's really no limitations to just doing male, male romance or, or, or LGBT fiction or queer romance, however we want to classify it. Because again, there's such a breadth of work. I still get to play every type of character. I still get to understand so many different points of views from so many different authors. There's such a variety to the books that are being published today. And it's, so exciting to know that there's enough of an audience for those books that I get to work and I get to tell these stories and I learn something every day. And in getting to talk about the work that I do, I get to advocate every day. And I never knew how important that would be for me until it started happening. I don't know how I would go back to 
a life or a job where I I couldn't get to talk about my own life and how it intersects with my work. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I could go back and just be be quiet about that. Like I, I have found a voice and an advocacy within myself that I didn't have before doing this work and I I will not let it go. Now I just want to applaud because that was such an excellent answer. And I love that how you've embraced the two sides of that. Not only loving the work, but the advocacy behind it. Well, uh, I mean, I think it, it's inevitable that if you end up doing telling these stories and falling in love with the characters the way you're supposed to, if you're giving them a voice, you can't help but take a little bit of that on yourself. And in giving other people a voice, it it strengthens your own Mm -hmm. it's a tremendous thing and i and and i would be remiss if i didn't take the time in a in a platform like this to just say like thank you to all of the people who have trusted me with their work and thank you to all of the people who have enjoyed the work that i've done because it's allowed me to do more and again it's the greatest gift i've ever been given to to do this work and it's because people cared enough to trust me and cared enough to listen is there a character that you voice that is like the most near and dear to your heart among all of them? Oh, this is going to be such a boring answer, but it's Ox. It's Ox from Wolfsong. He's my first. But he's also a character who was a damaged little kid who grew up and found his strength and his voice. And I think that is a character arc that any queer person can relate to. I think it's part of why that book is so powerful. I think it's part of why the Green Creek series is what it is, is that at its heart, it's, I mean, it started with Ox. And it didn't start with Ox as an adult. It started with Ox as a kid. And we got to know the, the naive, the precious child who then grew into the big strong man, imperfect, big, strong man. But, you know, we, we got to, we got to experience him finding his strength. And if there's a voice in the back of my head at the beginning of every project, it's always, it's always Ox first. And then I kind of have to be like, well, no, this person isn't Ox. <laughs> so then I, then I have to, to find that person's voice, but he's, he is the character that I created before I knew how to create a character. He's just the voice that's, that's there. Sometimes when I open my mouth, he's just the, the voice. So I'm still the closest to Ox and probably always will be, which isn't to say that I haven't had some really lovely experiences giving other characters voice, but, but he'll always be special. There's nothing boring about that answer at all. I okay. really liked it. So <laughs> nothing, I, I'm sure the listeners did as well. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you online so they can follow what comes next for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you will find uh, me at my website, which is kurtreads.com. Uh, I spell my name K-I-R-T. Uh, it's K-I-R-T-R-E-A-D-S.com. From there, you can find all my social media. You can find links to all the books I've done. 
so on and so forth. And if you want to say hi to me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, just search Kurt Graves. I'm there. There's not a lot of other Kurt Graves out in the world, especially with K-I-R-T is the spelling of my first name. So if you find me, you found me. <laughs> All right. Well, Kurt, again, thank you so much for being part of our Pride celebration. We very much appreciate it. It was my pleasure. And thank you for asking me some fun questions. It's nice to get to examine these parts of ourselves at least once a year. We hope you've enjoyed this special Pride Month bonus episode. This year, finding ways to celebrate Pride is undoubtedly a challenge, but it is one that we can undertake with passion, creativity, and an open heart. However you celebrate this year, we hope that you'll consider us part of your year-round Pride family. Thank you so much for listening. For a complete rundown of this month's bonus content, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com slash Pride2020. Big Gay Fiction Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more shows you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. New episodes of this show are available every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. You can help support this show with a monthly pledge through Patreon. For more information about joining our community and the bonus content we deliver, check out patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. I'm Kurt Graves. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.